Well, it's 8.30 and here we are again. Thank you so much for showing up. I was a little late. I did something different and um, I really kind of uh, <laughs> messed myself up a bit. So uh, thank you though for coming. And this is Wow What a Show. We're in a series titled Apples of Gold. Isn't that beautiful imagery? We are reading through the book of Proverbs, and we've had such a wonderful time doing so. I have thoroughly enjoyed what God has given and what he has done. Precious Spaces is, oh good, going to repeat for us. I'm so excited about that, I can't even tell you. She she, uh, took us through Proverbs 14 this morning, and she has returned to uh, restate some of those wonderful points that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, lifted out for us. And so I'm going to mm-mm, turn this music down. That's what I'm going to do. And then I am going to give it to Fresh and Anna. Calling her Fresh and Spaces. <laughs> Good evening. How are, How are you? I'm fine. I was uh, stuck getting in. So if anybody ever feels like uh, no. them, it's me. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm here. So glad to be here. Praise the Lord. Because listen, right. I did something really crazy. I don't know. I scheduled it and then I couldn't, um, I don't know what I did. I, and I couldn't get in either. So That's I had okay. to start all over. And I'm, I'm so glad learning. you got the I'm learning. Me yes, too. I said, okay, let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so good Very evening, good. everybody, and thank you for having me this evening. And we will jump right in tonight with Proverbs 14. Uh, for everyone mm-hmm. who's here, you know that this has been a really good, uh, you know, it's wonderful going through the Proverbs every single day when, quite frankly, you could actually just take one or two or three a day. <laughs> but we are tackling whole chapters. <clears throat> and I just want to mm-hmm. remind everybody, this is such a wealth of admonishment by way of Solomon that God used to speak to us. And I I just really encourage everybody to sort of circle, check off, write down a verse every day that really resonates with you. By the time we get to the end of the month, we'll all be so filled up. We'll have to digest that for a while and come back and do it again. So by the grace of God, we're going to go through 14. And tonight I will read the King James, but I will sometimes reference uh, the uh, New American Standard, not because I don't uh, favor my King James Version, but because there are some times when the vocabulary changes enough that I think it's beneficial for everyone. So God, I thank you for this evening and ask that you again, by your Holy Spirit, would feed us uh, the meat of your word, Lord Jesus, the milk of your word for those of us who just need a variety, um, God, that we would be fed and our appetites would grow for you. As a matter of fact, I pray that the more we read through Proverbs, we just come out changed people every day. Even today, I've always already remembered, uh, you know, verses and asked myself, did you meet the challenge? You know, so God, just help us to meet the challenges and help us to be obedient and to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. So Proverbs 14. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish pluck it down with her hands. He that walketh up, he that, excuse me, he that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. And in the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, 
but much increase is by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not, but knowledge is easy unto him that hath understanding. Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Fools make a mock of sin, but among the righteous there is favor. The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Even in laughter the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. And tonight I'm going to stop halfway through and let's take a moment to think about what we've just read and maybe highlight a few areas before we move on to the second half. We begin this chapter and we see once again that there's an admonishment for the woman. Take heart. There seems to always be an admonishment for the man <laughs> as we started out. But literally, there's an admonishment for all of us. So let's like, take a look at a verse we've heard all the time, uh, often, excuse me. Every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pluck it down with their hands. And I just, again, say, uh, you know, this is very important. Uh, as women have a unique role in the two roles <laughs> of people that God has put on the earth. And if you are in a home at all, you have opportunity to build your house. But we know that this seems to really speak specifically to a woman who might have a family, a husband, a children, anybody she's guardian over. And it's just a reminder for us women and for men who are in the place of encouraging woman, uh, women to think about what builds your house, what encourages your house, what lifts up those in your home and in your presence and under your influence. And let's remember also what we might do, what we might say, what our attitudes are, our neglects are, and all those things that may actually tear it down. Mm. Literally and sometimes indirectly, we become the problem. That's okay if we recognize it and look forward to a change. Just like repentance is recognizing that you have done wrong and being willing to change. And so this is always mm -hmm. a good one for us to remember. Every wise woman, and this is what Solomon is giving us this entire book, seek after wisdom. God gives it liberally. So the wise woman will build their house, but the foolish one will pluck it down. Mm. I'm going to go over to a verse that reads slightly different. It's a verse that you might not think to quote or even remember after this day. So I thought I'd highlight it a little bit here. I think it's down in verse four. And we didn't do this one this morning, but I thought it was worth a go. 
says, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increases by the strength of the ox. And in case you just need another scripture, which we're going to go to one soon, <laughs> that talks about the benefit of labor, four might be one of your new good ones. In the, a different translation, it says, where no oxen are, and oxen referring is in the plural of the, the, the ox, it is an animal. Uh, the manger is clean. So the crib, the manger, the place where they are habitating. But much revenue comes by the strength of the ox. And I thought that was worth the go. Much revenue, there's much gain, and there's much increase by the strength of the ox. Um, it comes by the strength of the ox. And I think what the Lord would like us to see, at least one thing, is that, again, this has a lot to do with um, responsibility over uh, what he has given us. Uh, it's a reminder of a type of labor. We know the ox and many other animals are used as beasts of burdens. And if if you can imagine if, uh, you know, things are okay there, the, the, their habitation is clean, it, it kind of in this context means there's no work happening. But mm. perhaps if you are using what you have, for instance, a car that's super shiny and never moves, <laughs> it might not run that often. You know, you've got to get some smoke on it. And if there are no crumbs in your car, you're telling your kids to keep out or if the seats aren't getting, you know, worn out. Nobody's riding in it but you. Um, so think about it like that. Something that we have that we never use, it does not then bring us an increase. There's no work behind it for whatever the reason. There's no revenue to be had. So I just thought it was a good, another verse that we can sort of ponder over. Maybe you might even want to study a verse such as this. There's so much commentary out there. We're super blessed <laughs> to have lots of other people study the word of God. They've gone back in history. They've taken time to see how people lived in a way that we don't always know. And they are able to make more light shine on the scriptures because of that. So this might be a little hidden nugget <clears throat> that will help us to, um, you know, think about labors. And I personally thought about what I have and how I'm putting it to use. And is there a return? That's how mm. I took that. So if that helps anybody, that would be great. Uh, before, again, we're halfway through uh, 1 to 16. Let's take another uh, look at one of the verses up to 16. Let's go over to 15 and 8. Both of these pretty much work hand in hand. Eight says the wisdom of the sensible, or again, I said the wisdom of the prudent, which is the wise uh, person, is to understand his way. But the foolishness of fools is deceit. And I know earlier, Phyllis, I gave an example. I was sort of pointing to something in my own life. Um, in terms of having a lack of understanding. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Well, a lack of understanding. And then uh, basically the foolishness of fools is deceit. Sort of uh, the question I ask, actually, are we fools more often than not? Um, mm. And I was saying that this is a response when asking, you know, what is wisdom? Uh, I think Solomon is basically telling us in this verse, instead of you going, oh, Solomon's saying, get wisdom, get knowledge. What are those things really? <laughs> when I break it down in my daily life mm -hmm. uh, here, I think he's literally telling us again that the wise is basically um, 
sort of equated with being prudent. And again, if you don't know what some of these words are, it's a great time to look them up. Prudent really just references the, the cautious person being practically wise. That's what I forgot early, the practical wisdom. You know, that's why I love this. Um, and, you know, it's also said to be the, the sensible one is what New Americans mm-hmm. said, calling it a sensible person. So if you are sensible, if you are wise, if you are being prudent and, and reasonably cautious and careful of the consequences that might arise with the decision that you make, uh, the wisdom of the prudent one who is being prudent is to understand his way. Have insight into the path the life, you know, the, the, the direction that's set before you. Look into things and see and, and have a, a, an insight and understand the way in which you walk, you move, you live. If you are foolish, you will end up in a place of deceit And so the scripture, again, prudent, understanding your way, the folly of a fool is deceit. And that, you know, to me, it's self-explanatory. But if you're going to, you know, the fool, again, um, seems like a heavy word. And I mentioned earlier that a fool, a person called born perhaps with a really uh, an inability, like a disability to actually reason well. Would have been called a fool, would have been called maybe an idiot, um, because it, it was just the words that they use. It seems a little heavy for us now, but in the common language, now we really reference somebody who's akin to that, but they have intellect. They're just not really using it wisely. Um, they don't pursue wise courses. They're being contrary. Um, they're not using good reason for whatever the reason. They're living absurdly. So they're fools. And oftentimes we can fall into acting like a fool, even if you're not regularly one. And that will lead you to what, you know, really sort of having a shade over the way uh, in your way. You, you allow yourself through folly to be deceived. And I was referencing that that's happened to me. Sometimes it happens and the consequence is not so grave, but Mm. sometimes it happens and it's so grave, it changes your life. And so let's be mindful of wisdom, being prudent. Look those words up and ask yourself, am I? And then again, I ask the question, basically, you know, are we fools more often than we think? And, and it could be that you've you know, arrived at a place where you're not as foolish as you were. So praise God. I'm not always trying to say that we're doing something wrong. Hey, let's check ourselves every second. We do nothing, right? <laughs> uh, because uh, that may not always be true. But 15 goes on to say, the simple believeth every word. But the prudent, there's that word again, the prudent man looketh well to his going looking well to your way. It's almost an exact thing. The simple-minded, the naive person. Now, we've all been naive to some degree. So if you're thinking that perhaps I might be naive in a particular situation, it's not even always in every situation, but in general, if you're being naive and you're believing everything you're being told, 
perhaps you're having a perception, your imagination is getting away with you and you're starting to believe lies within your own mind. I have done it. It's a weird thing. You kind of know it, but for some strange reason, it's sort of captivating. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the simple believes every word. You don't even want to, if I may say so, delve past that initial thought because you know it might be contrary to the thing that you're actually trying to engage in or think of or believe. That's simple-mindedness. That's allowing yourself to be naive when sometimes naivete comes with inexperience and it comes with ignorance and, you know, we accidentally to a degree do things, but whatever the case may be, slow down. Ask yourself, am I looking well to my own going? The situations that I'm involving myself in, the communications that I have, the way in which I'm living in secret, the way I'm living in public. So before we move on, mm-hmm. let's see, is there anything else? Quickly, this is self-explanatory. I think we're at 16. So I think we will stop here and move on and read the next half of Proverbs 14. And again, just you know, to put a little check, I really think it's important for us to put a little check on verses that may really resonate with in us. So chapter mm-hmm. 7, uh, verse 17 Let's look at anger. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. The simple, again, inherit folly. Boy, Lord, I thank you. But the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich hath many friends. Hmm. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor happy is here. And let me just say, if you didn't catch it, he that despises his neighbor, God is calling out that the poor is our neighbor. The question was asked, who is my neighbor? <laughs> or, you yeah. know, who, who might that be? The guy next door? We'll, 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 we'll find out in our lives that God would have required us to be a lot more neighborly in general uh, than we ever thought. That is there together. The connection is there on purpose. You despise your neighbor, you sin. He that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. I think he's trying to make the connection here if we would just think about it. And guilty we have all been. Let me just say that. That's why it's emphasized. Do 22, verse 22, do they not err that devise evil, but mercy and truth shall be to them that devise good. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to punery. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools, again, is folly. A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Thank you, Lord. 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. In the multitude of people is the king's honor, but in the want of people is the destruction of the prince. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. But he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Hmm. A sound heart 
is the life of the flesh, but envy is the rottenness of the bones. He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker, and that's with a capital M, the maker of the poor. But he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. That's a saying we've got to grapple with often. Uh, even if you are the poor, you can reproach the poor. I declare, I, I really am just growing in that area. Thank you, Lord. The wicked is driven away in his right wickedness, but the righteous hath hope in his death. Praise God. Wisdom resteth in the heart of him that hath understanding. But that which is in the midst of fools is made known. Righteousness exalteth a nation but sin is a reproach to any people. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causeth shame. And so as we look at the second half, let's see what might resonate with us here. I've got just a few, and then I will allow you all to sort of ponder and maybe share which verse you might want to comment on. If we look at verse 23 quickly, just so again that some words don't get, get biased, we've got in all labor there's profit. And again, here's that another verse, just you know, reminding us of what labor, that ox, those beasts of burden, they were used because they were able to carry heavy loads. And the, the Lord tells us, in labor there's profit. Just like that oxen, if the crib is clean and nothing's going on, we need some messy mess going on around here. We need to see that some dirt's been kicked up or something's been carried. So there's labor and there's profit in your labor. But if we just have talk, it tends to poverty. So uh, penury actually uh, uh, refers to just lack and poverty. And I know that the, the other version actually just puts it about the same in law, labor, there's profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. I like that. Just mere talk. <laughs> so I admonish you, if you are stuck in a way and you find it for the last couple of years, I've been talking about a lot of different things, but I'm not really producing anything behind that talk. One, I say to myself, maybe I shouldn't talk. Maybe I just need <laughs> because I'd hate for my words to rise up and catch me one day. And I, I'd go, I said so much, but I did so little. Uh, I need to ponder that. Do I need to talk about it? But if you are planning and there's a lot that you would like to do, but out of fear or out of procrastination or out of trepidation or anything, laziness gets us probably more than anything. Um, and I mean that, you know, respectfully, <laughs> you know, you just don't get up and do it today because we take for granted there's maybe a tomorrow. Oh, you know, it's so much work. And so that's what I mean by laziness, putting it off, procrastinating. Remember that that does not profit us. If you, if you want to write a poem, even be a completer. Sometimes that's the issue. We don't complete things. Um, and so this verse, I think, is beneficial to us in our daily lives. Let's move on to 25. A true witness delivers, so, delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. The true witness saves lives, it says. 
hear, but he who utters lies is treacherous. Now you ask yourself, how did they come up with the synonym for the word in the other one? And that's why I don't like to go back too much. I, I try to depend on what I think has the closest meaning that really is conveyed in a way that we can understand. But I like some of the change of vocabulary because it puts a little bit of a heavy on it. In the New American Standard, it, it says the truthful witness saves lives, but he who utters lies is treacherous. And 25 here says, a deceitful witness speaketh lies. So I'm going to speak quickly on that. I was thinking about this verse and I said, you know, uh, we, uh, we meaning some of us, me, uh, sometimes we lie outside what's an obvious lie. And my thought at the time was that sometimes, you know, we're watering down things that are not watered down by the Lord himself when it comes to, you know, uh, theology, living, uh, you know, the things that we're seeing, things that we're hearing in a crowd or in certain company, we will get caught in the web that causes us to really deceive the hearer because we are allowing things to go <clears throat> that need to maybe be gently and lovingly addressed. We agree with things we ought not agree with, or we say, hey, well, that's you. I even, there's this one line I was trying to think of, you know, well, everybody, you know, can look at it their own way. Things in that, of that nature. It's sort of like you're giving in. You don't have any backbone to say, well, you know, the truth of the matter is this, or at least according to the Lord, we're, you know, to really stand for truth as lovingly as you can. Um, so I think that we can accidentally get caught in actually being a deceitful witness in the context of a witness for the truth and what God's word teaches us. The true witness, the one who stands on truth, is the only one that could deliver souls in the sense that you're offering the person the light that will then in turn give them sight. But if we keep allowing ourselves to sort of have half truths, half lies, you know, and, and just appeasing ideas and people around us, I think that we can turn into that deceitful witness in, in, a, in a way. And we end up speaking a lie when we water it down, when we water down the truth or when we allow non-truths to come in and sit and be equated with truth. So I thought that was one we could ponder over moving forward. And quickly, we will go on to verse 30. And I know there may be some comments on a few hours. I'll just do a couple tonight. Uh, actually, I'll go to 34. It's, it's faster. <laughs> Righteousness exalts a nation, but the sin is a reproof to any people. I think that's self-explanatory. Many of you may have heard that already, but it is true. You know, uh, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perishes, there are shouts of joy. That's another verse in scripture, but it is akin to this. When there is righteous rule, when there are just righteous people under rule, whatever the rule may be, when there's righteous living, okay, 
the nation can be exalted because there is a way, there is an understanding, there is a behavior, there's an etiquette, there's a righteousness, hopefully in Christ Jesus. But even those people who follow the principles of God and don't necessarily know God, they still at least can glean from the, the rewards and the consequences of following righteous principles. But sin is a reproach to any people, a nation, a small group, any group of people can be brought down when sin becomes to overtake them in their thoughts, their behaviors, their expressions, and it seeps into everything. The way that we raise our family, no matter how we're smiling and how good we're looking on the outside, if we are harboring all kinds of sinful practices and teachings in our lives, eventually it will become a disgrace to our nation and it will bring us low. Quickly, 35 says the king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causes shame. And I'm not sure what you think when you think about that, but I immediately went to the workplace and I just admonish us to say, you know, in the place of authority, there is an opportunity to do well by that authority, to be responsive, to, to lift up, to do a job well done, to make the person in leadership, um, you know, pleased with the work, the behavior, the attitude, that what you're doing for them. And so we can look at it as a servant, but I think we're all servants to some degree at some point in life. But wrath is against him that causes shame. The thief, the, the liar, the slothful, you know, the, the, the one who diminishes even the king, you know, um, this is not good. The whispering, the backbiting, again, the, you know, and I look at, I can use, you know, lots of examples, but I hope that we will see this. The Lord himself is our king, and he does offer his favor to his wise servants, but his wrath is against them that cause shame, um, and you know his anger is toward the person who acts shamefully. When I sin, when I walk out of the way before Christ, he's disappointed. I have brought shame upon his name as I have walked and lived under his name. And then I go out of the way. You know, that is not honoring to my king. So I thought we could ponder over that one. And then quickly, let's go maybe to 29, which is a good one. This is a great one. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalted folly. Uh, earlier, when we went over this verse, one thing I didn't mention is that wrath, though it seems to, you know, slow to anger, slow to wrath, sometimes that's the thing. And one translation might actually say, he is slow to anger, has great understanding. So we can see often when someone is anger. But, you know, it dawned on me. I can have a lot of anger and wrath pent up in me. And I experienced that uh, to some degree in my workplace when there were some really underhanded things going on. And it was hurtful at first, but I found that actually, you know, when given the moment or opportunity, I felt like there was a lot of anger that was unresolved, <laughs> as we say. And I didn't know it was anger at first. I thought it was just shock and disappointment, but I realized that's really what was starting now to happen. But the Lord has said, you know, if I'm slow 
to anger. I have great understanding to take time and to ponder over the situation. And I tell you what, you shouldn't expect roses from a thorn bush, for goodness sake, actually. So I don't know what you're, you know, we're expecting when some things happen. Um, it, it shouldn't be too surprising, but it is. And so sometimes we're angry. We respond with anger, but sometimes that anger is quiet. And what it does for me, it might do for you. And I will retract as far into the forest as I possibly can. And I will work my way around any communication at all. Even if I see the weakness of the other person, I'm not equipped in the moment to know how to handle it. And so beyond the obvious wrath and anger, consider how much of that is being settled in your own heart in secret. He that is hasty of spirit exalted folly. And quite frank, I can be hasty in spirit on the inside almost as much as I can be on the outside because what on the inside happens is that it dictates what I'll do next and what I won't do next. And so in a way, um, I can equate that with the one who is quick-tempered. We can see that a lot of folly can come out of people who things get blown up in the moment and we can see it happening. But I said to myself, woe is me when you can't see it happening because it's there. It's just not in the typical way. So even if this verse speaks to the obvious, I just thought it was worth thinking about when there's hidden resentment and anger and what that also looks like. And you can actually make foolish decisions and respond hatefully, even when no one knows it. And so as we move along again, I won't keep us long. I just thought I'd highlight a few verses. Uh, there may be one more. Let's just see. Uh, I think envy in verse 30 without going deep into the entire verse. We've heard of envy, and I just noted here that I think envying anything or anyone, any situation, it really causes us to, you know, lack in gratefulness and contentment. Uh, we are not resolved in who we are and what we have. We're not satisfied. And I've heard even people, Christians say, well, you don't have to be satisfied. Well, what I mean is, uh, you know, satisfied in the sense that I am grateful for what I have. And usually envy, we're not envying people who have something we don't want. We're usually envying people that have something we do want. So honestly, it, it's an, it turns your eyes away from what you do have that actually is often beneficial and good. It's just not the same as what somebody else has. And we have a lot of comparisons in our lives which make us quick to maybe you know, fall into the sin of envy. Um, it's very difficult to be grateful for who you are if you don't like who you are and you wish you were someone else. Um, if you wish your hair were different that can be a really big thing. And you're drooling over the characteristics of somebody else. So there's a line to be crossed. You can admire, you can have options, you know, in the superficial things like what we wear and all those things, you know, you have options. You may not have a lot of money to get them, but you can do a lot of little nifty things to change them up. And, you know, but when you cross the line to you're just discontented with yourself and it's not enough, to you start going to drastic measures to be like somebody else, that, that's a shame. 
actually. So I think we've all had to sort of grapple with that a little bit um, and not envy. And I do believe envy comes when there are a lot of superficial materialistic things, but you can envy somebody else's accent for goodness sake. <laughs> you can envy their, their size. You can envy the way that they talk and have really good camaraderie with other people. And you say, I really don't. Um, there are lots of things you can envy. So let's really check ourselves and be honest when we feel like we've crossed the line. Learn to rejoice and be happy when you see somebody else with something as opposed to then falling into envy. And again, that drooling <laughs> that causes you not to be grateful for what you've got. Um, and I think with that tonight, the Lord has, uh, I'm going to close and allow for some other comments. There's so many other verses that we could have a conversation about. I remind you that ministers take two or three verses and they have a whole, you know, sermon on those verses. We're trying to grapple with 30 to 36 verses at a time here. And I just praise God for what we can digest. Maybe Phyllis would like to follow up and bring us out of the the commentary on 14. <laughs> I tell you, the more we hear in these Proverbs, I think the deeper we begin to examine ourselves. And yes. I have to tell you that the more aware uh, I have become of my reactions and my responses to circumstances and things that are happening uh, since we started this. You know, I thought I was pretty aware, but I've gotten, woo, really, really, really very intensely aware. I, I listened for about uh, 25 minutes to Pastor Thomas tonight before coming on, and he was explaining again that we wrestle not against flesh and blood mm -hmm. that ties in so closely with some of the points mm -hmm. that you, well, all the points you've made actually, that when we are challenged in our character, our response mm -hmm. to things which shows our character, we if we can only remember that we are not wrestling against the person Mm -hmm. who, from which these, you know, actions come and cause us to find ourselves off balance, off spiritual balance. If we can just remember, then our victory is knowing that the enemy has come to rob, mm -hmm. to destroy, and to kill anything that we have. He wants to destroy uh, any possessions or any, you know, lifestyle that might be good or any happiness. He really wants to kill us. <laughs> he wants to rob away and to destroy. And so if we can remember that our responses will be very different, right? I just think knowing that, remembering that, you know, someone is standing in your face and maybe, you know, just saying awful things to you or behind your back doing terrible just horrible stuff we remember it, it you know the it, it, it's being performed in that body but it is really coming from the enemy then we will be far more um equipped to handle it god's way see um 
we are born again of the spirit of the living God, led by the Holy Spirit. And our character really is transformed. And it, the Apostle Paul says, reckon yourself to be dead to your flesh. Just don't even think of yourself as being alive anymore, except in Christ. So all those personal feelings that we get mm-hmm. really quickly, we need to run them right, right back, uh, you know, past the word of God and, and ascend to the rightful position that we have. And remember the word says we are seated in God with Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, being in that place you can't, you, you know, light doesn't fellowship with darkness. So if you stay up there, if you stay in that seat, I or if I stay in that seat, we're more likely to achieve the desired end of all encounters and all conflicts and tensions that show up. I tell you, um, as soon as you think you've, you know, gotten a thing, and I, you know, God has, has really bought me from from a distance, really, in my reaction. But I know today that he's not finished. So I love the I love the just the opening up of these proverbs because when we read them to ourselves, you know, I've, I've I've read through these, and each time I read with somebody, I get more, more, more out of them. I, I've read proverbs by myself; it's all marked up, so I know I've read it, you know, over and over again. <laughs> but when I read with my grandson one one uh, year, not too long, about three, four years ago. Uh, through through one one chapter a day through the month of January or February we might have done February somehow that keeps coming to me but nonetheless mm-hmm. again you know it just woke up I mean the words just woke up mostly I like to read the Bible to myself I really do just like to sit there and deal with it me and the Lord but Proverbs somehow is different, and I think because there are so many of them, and because they are they cross reference each other quite a bit, um, and so you kind of have to decipher and open them up. And reading with someone else and discussing them makes makes that happen. So we have ABC Seven show entering, and we have Gilbert who came in or Gilbert, don't know. Um, and uh, I wanted to, we has, you know, I've, I've said welcome to everyone except uh, the last uh, person who entered. But we are so appreciative of you coming in. And I welcome you to really send your comments through chat. One of the things that, that God has done for us in this fellowship is create fellowship. So we just really do love your comments. And when, when I can identify them on time, we will indeed read them out. I'm going to go back right now, Anna, and uh, share some of these. Um, let me see. <laughs> Reem has been really uh, sending through a lot of them. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll start, but I think Tony's Good evening, Mummy Reeves. Hi there, Tony. We're so glad you're here. Hello, light touch, etc. I'm going all the way back to the beginning. Okay, dokie. Let me right. let me scroll now. Uh, God bless you, sisters. P and light touch. Thank you. Uh, so Reeves, a uh, light touch agreed about the ox. Your explanation of uh, the lack that comes where the ox. I think it was that the ox not being there shows that there's no work going on or something like that. She right. says she's agreed with that. Reams responded to one of your um, 
comments as food for thought. And uh, then uh, Light Touch says, I know I am sometimes foolish. I think we all got in on that one because Lord have mercy. I was just sitting here thinking, Lord God, <laughs> oh, I know that sometimes I am foolish, says Tony. <laughs> and then um, Reams goes guilty as charged more often than I'd like to admit. Great caution. Absolutely. I think we all are was my response. I think we have to consider stuff more decidedly, you know, just have to really contemplate. Yes, I need to be more intentional about my behavior. This is serious business. Thank God for the word. Sister Reeves, I'm so glad you said that Mm -hmm. because I was, I just wrote down here, the wisdom of God certainly shines a light on our souls and our, Mm -hmm. our continued need for uh, submission to God's word the practice of. I think we all basically submit when when it finally gets into our being, you know, in the psyche and all that. But it's just recognizing, you know, so and practicing, practicing. And you know, guys, listen, I always say that when I wanted to dance, anybody that knows me will tell you this. I put my whole heart into becoming. I expended a lot of time and energy in the quest for that skill. Now, I'm saying if something in the world really calls you like that and you desire it that much, how much more? Because that stuff, does. what does it pay? It pays a very, very temporal dividend. And it's short-lived at most, you know, at best. Your life moves so fast that whatever it is I thought I was going to get out of it, I got it real quick and kept moving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But God's word and this relationship that promises an eternity, an eternity of forever that never passes away. It never ends. Forever doesn't go away, right? How much more then should I put forth? Yes, ma'am. Go on. No. How much more then should you put forth what? (laughs) I should should, the energy and the time and the practice. Yes. To perfect, to achieve, to become skillful at being God's child. Yeah. I agree. I just wanted to second it. (laughs) I liked the minute it came out of your mouth in the beginning. I just wanted to second that. And I, you know, I do, do, do we love it? You know, I, you know, I I like Briar's ice cream right out of the bucket, you know? And so I'm like, Oh, this is so great. (laughs) You know, like, but you know, let's face it. It is very terrible. Do we love it? And I really admonish everybody. The Mm -hmm. more you do, the more you feast on the word. And I know Phyllis uses that word, word of feast. You know, the more you actually mm-hmm. like it. So even if you're not, yes. you go, oh, I wish I liked it more. I had somebody close to me, you know, actually mention, you know, what if things are this or that? And, you know, you just don't seem to have that passion. You know, practice is actually a way mm-hmm. to help you to build interest, believe it or not. But the enemy does sure. know that if I can just help, you know, keep them in their little places and the procrastination and they can amen all they want. I know they're going no deeper. So if they can't, if he can't do anything else to you, he will try to keep you from Mm -hmm. going deeper. But our flesh, 
like I agree with Pastor Thomas, sometimes you can't blame the devil. I am my own mm -hmm. problem many a day. I'm born in sin mm -hmm. and here I'm playing it out. I'm playing it out. So I mm -hmm. just admonish you, just challenge yourself. Take a moment, ponder. You don't have to digest too much at one time. Take what is good for you and, and talk about it to yourself. Talk to yourself. A lot Amen. of the scripture I learned in song. So when I started reading through the Bible, I thought, oh, my goodness, look at all these songs mm -hmm. in, the, in the word of God and what people have done. And so you'll, you'll be amazed. It's a growth process and it's mm -hmm. a beautiful process. And sure, we're not perfect, but you can if you ever get challenged. And I, I look at my brothers and sisters who are in countries who suffer persecution in a way that we do not know. And when they interview them and they smile, and they have all these wonderful things to say. It's not cliche. I believe now I know why they can say yeah. what they say. I've got my own taste. And I go, but actually, you know, in the face of the suffering and all that, if our brothers and sisters can stand, we can stand. When we're literally, you know, in a place where I've got two Bibles in front of me, I've got computers, I, I own about 20 of them. Like it, it, we have so much, yeah. I would hate to be ashamed before the king because I was not um, wise before him. When I had opportunity, I squandered it. And let me just encourage you. God gives us time for laughter. He gives us time to play with our kids. He gives us time to have coffee with our friends. He gives us time to do just about, take a job. He gives us time and he doesn't say, no, don't do everything else or be stuffy. You know, yeah, make sure you, you know, quote every other word you say when you're talking to people. That's not what he's calling you to, but it will become a natural expression and extension of who you are. You will not be able to hold it back. And then you will, again, create your own disciplines and what you do before the Lord in your mm -hmm. private time or with your friend. It will become, it will grow and it will grow. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing that practice is, is wonderful. It will, yeah, sorry. We get really lengthy yes. here talking no. about it. You can tell you get excited when you're the one talking about it. You get excited. <laughs> it's wonderful. And uh, Sister Reams continues to say, so worth pondering, Sister. Thanks for dissecting God's word. And then she says, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you can see um, we are really, really uh, of one mind and one accord with regards to recognizing the importance of rightly dividing the word of truth and dissecting God's word, you know, and uh, making sure that not only are we looking at it and, you know, uh, uh, dissecting it, you know, to pulling it apart for understanding, but then I have to emphasize practice. There is nothing that I've ever done in life that had any value, really, even in the temporal setting, that I didn't have to do a good mm -hmm. deal of practicing for it. And those mm -hmm. things that I did, you know, kind of well and didn't practice a lot at, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't ever, I never achieved the level mm -hmm. of uh, excellence that could have been achieved had I had I stuck with it, had I practiced. You know, I played music and um and I, I was really, really adept in languages. I don't know why God did it for me. I often wonder what was I going to do with all these languages. But that wasn't a language really, well, Western languages, you know, um, Germanic languages that, that was put before me that I didn't conquer quick, like in a real hurry. 
but I didn't practice it. So I'm not fluent in any of them. So everything requires practice. Even the gift that God puts in us has to be refined by him. We we have to really allow uh, a process from the spirit of God to keep on working. I was pondering this today. If you write, if you're a writer, you know, or some a person uh, with creative power, right? And by inspiration, you put something down. The Holy Spirit because it comes over you, right? And, you, and all of a sudden, you just do a thing, right? That's how I I um, have have uh, been able to write uh, lyric and song melodies, melodies, right? And I don't consider myself a skilled at either one of these, but the Lord would give it to me, right? And then. Believe not, I spent a lot of time perfecting that, getting it in in the language that I speak, such that it is clearly translated or transmitted to a hearer. So it doesn't just run off my mouth, you know, just come out of me and sit there. Choreography is the same. And I know the Lord has done tremendous things in choreography for me. And because uh, I prayed, you know, and I asked him that all of a sudden these just this beauty just begins to show up such that I can de- you know, I can just detach myself from it. It's as if I never had anything to do with it. But that is, I believe, the reason God does it is so that we learn that he is the author and he is the finisher. If he just ran it out of us like that, first of all, it is not the inspired word of God. I don't know how much of the, the, the authors of the Bible had to work. Or I don't know. God just spoke it and there it was, you know, but that was God leaving the word of, of, of his way to us. But for just us, we're not rewriting the Bible. We are simply being given opportunity to witness of the Lord in the particular way that he has gifted us and in the in the preparation to share it he will cause us to bring a little bit more skill in the communicating of it so uh, I think he's done all these things so that we can really grow God's word says Sister Reem, is like a mirror. It shows us what we look like. I pray that I will be like the good seed in the story of the seed, the parable of the uh, several seeds. That's right. An introspection uh, for me. So says Reems again. And um, Anna, you, you do a good job. I so appreciate it. So true ingesting the word is nourishment to our soul, says says Sister Reams again. And Tony says, talking about challenging yourself something, if you want a husband who will take you around the world, (laughs) you shouldn't be indoors, just be eating, drinking, and sleeping. You yourself should go around the world to meet that particular husband to take you around the world. He wouldn't come to your comfort zone. Challenge ourselves. Really help us, Lord. Sometimes. Amen. <laughs> you know, that's why I, I, people who get married in their home state, I always say, wow, you know, wonder who you you could meet if you, you know, if you travel a little bit, if you just got out of this state or out of this city. <laughs> you might you might find, like Tony says, the person who will do what you want to do. Um, so Tony, I do love that. And, uh, finally we have, um, Perleo, 
uh, in the live studio. Bless his heart. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. Yes, Sister P, practice, practice, practice. I have fallen so short. Yeah, we got to work at it, child. You have to work at it. And you will never be disappointed when God inspires you, gifts you to do a thing. And then you spend time letting him refine it and bring it into its fullness how about that? You know, and this is another thing with God. He allows us to share in a particular part of the glory. Like when you really do it well, you are the recipient of mm-hmm. admiration. Mm-hmm. You actually do get the uh, a glory, right? And, and there is a glory of man. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it is, first of all, it's the way we're made this glory of God on us, but then the gifts, how many, you know, with my children, you don't even know, I was running them ragged trying to see which way they wanted to go. Where is the gift? That's what you want to see. Where is the gift? And then you try to, you know, to try to take them to that water and make them drink. Some go and some don't, but the, the ones who don't regret it later. They have not achieved and therefore they're not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I just caution us all, especially if you have children, you know, Anna started with with this first verse and I love, you know, that first verse, I just lived there for a while this morning. Even when I was like, whoo, the woman who builds her house, she can build it or she can tear it down. And honest to goodness, I used to say in my own home, when I'm happy, the whole house is happy. When I'm good, the whole house is good. I didn't kind of understand that. I think why why do I, why does this burden have to always be on me? But it actually is on the on the woman. It's on the wife. It's on the mother, right? And, and seemingly everybody follows whatever is going on with mom, the husband, the children. I I really saw that, and um. So I used to laugh a lot, and Tad and I talked a lot. You know, we did some fun things uh, there. But when I started to be disgruntled and unhappy about some things, my whole house, there was a mood in my house. And my sister came to see me, and she, when she walked in, she said, "What what's, what's happening here? What's wrong? This is the honest, good, truth. I lie not. She said, what's going on, Phil? And I said, what do you mean? She said, Something is, something's not right in this house. She just walked in the house. She had not even been there a day, you know, or hours. She knew. And uh, so there's there's a spiritual life that we are living and we are so not always aware of it. Mm -hmm. That's the point. I think now that we are we are deciphering meaning from the Proverbs and we're looking deeper. One of the things I believe God wants us to understand is that there is physical life, carnality, and there is a spiritual life, which is divine. And when you are born again of the spirit of God, it ought to be spirit all day, every day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, forgive us, Lord God, for having little understanding and for not seeking more and more deeper and deeper, digging, God, digging to find the hidden treasure and the uh, unlock the, the, the not, it's not even a secret, but it is where you have to lift the lid and allow it to just flow. Father, help us 
all of us have, you know, those of us who've left chat uh, comments in the chat tonight have expressed our need for your help and our need in, in that we see our own lack. In the name of Jesus Christ, may we, Lord God, be iron sharpening each other in these comments. And may we take the comments very seriously because perspective is showing up. Your perspective out of the many uh, gifts and the hearts that you are transforming and, and we, can, uh, we can get more when we hear each other. I thank you for everyone who has come tonight. And I ask you, Lord, to do what you did when you walked this earth. Father, heal us completely. Heal us. And may we submit to you knowing that you alone can do that work. Heal our minds. You brought sanity to the insane. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. You gave uh, strength to legs that could not walk. Lord God, you raised even the dead and we were dead in trespasses and sins. So let us not even get a big old, you know, what did he do? He can't, I'm not dead. Yes, we were. And you have already brought us to life. And let us, Lord God, uh, be, be healed of the deafness. We want to actually hear your word. You, We want to hear it and of our blindness, Father, to see ourselves and then to see you in your fullness and to see our fellow men as those that you have created and not to be, you know, so critical, God, that we cannot enjoy, enjoy the very marvel before our eyes. We pray that you plant it all deep in us, your words, God, your interpretation, your healing, everything that you give us so that we are nourished by its growth and we flourish like a big bay tree <laughs> and we have the strength of a little reed to endure until the very time when you shall sound the trumpet. And your word tells us that you are going to come again and you will receive us to yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Bless Lord God and recompense honor Cain who is given twice today. Thank you, Father, for every reader who has participated so far. Bless them beyond their own imaginations and beyond what they have asked because you, God, are able to do that. Thank you, Father, for protecting all of our homes, for surrounding us with your love, God, in the angelic coast, for commanding, Lord God, that we not be touched by the enemy. Father, that we wear fully every day the full armor of God, our loins girded up with truth, our heads, mm -hmm. Lord God, protected our minds and, you know, the eye, all that is in this brain and mind of ours by the helmet of salvation. Father, that we are able to hold up the shield of faith. Oh God, by which we are able to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. God, thank you for the sword and the spirit, which is what we are being fed 
day in and day out. God, thank you, Lord Jesus. And we have on the breastplate of righteousness, not all caught up yet, but God, you have given it to us. You've reckoned us to be the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And before all is said and done, our feet are totally shod with the preparation of the gospel of mm. peace as we sit mm. together, as we, as we eat from your table, as we take it in, as we study, as we dig for these precious pearls. God, these fine jewels, these apples of gold, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. These things we give you praise for and we thank you in advance of seeing the fullness in ourselves or even in others. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And Lord, I add to our prayer. We believe already that Tony is totally prepared for tomorrow. But you walk beside him and let him know and feel your very presence, Lord. And when he opens his mouth to speak, even if he's prepared it on the page, God, by your spirit, you just lift it up and give it to him. As he speaks, you will speak forward. The anointing be on his life and everyone who has anything that they have to do as well. In the blessed name of our Savior, the glorious Lord God of all creation, who loved us so much that he prepared a body to come and pay the price because everything after its own kind, it had to be a man. It couldn't be just an automatic wiping of the slate. It had to be paid. And Jesus Christ walked this earth and fulfilled the entirety of the law, including the death that comes for sin and then conquered it besides. Raised up, was resurrected so that we might have life everlasting. We bless you, Lord. There is nothing greater in this life that we know. And we thank you. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you. In the authority of Jesus Christ, we call all things that we've prayed for absolutely done. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, guys. John Thomas entered the live studio. Well, Pastor Thomas, we've just been quoting you through the evening. You should have come a little way. You couldn't come early. He had a, a ministry tonight. May God is good. He is so good. There's no God like our God. He is really good. And he is really teaching us and bringing us. Guys, you know, he's bringing us because we have heaven to inherit. And when we get there, we shall be his church without spot or wrinkle. He said so, and we trust him to do what he said he can do. You see, we know he can do it. Thank you, Lord, for all good and perfect gifts. And listen, guys, um, yes, was good. I, I've left off reading these comments. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. And amen. Hallelujah. Remember, we've dined so well at a good table. Anna, you don't know how much I appreciate your coming back. I really thank the Lord for you. Um, thanks so much for all of you who continuously support mm -hmm. what we're doing here. And uh, know this, that um, Father has appointed 
um, the, the ones that he wants to be here. He already knows what is happening. And what we do is live it out. God, I, I'm just so grateful for you. I am so grateful that the Lord knows who I am and all of us. He knows us. He really does. And he's already ordained the good works that we shall do. He said we would walk in them. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, Tony, you got to let us know how it goes tomorrow. We are going to be thinking of you during the day. By the way, Tony is four hours in advance of us. So at eight o'clock tomorrow, it'll be 12 o'clock with Tony. So before you sleep tonight, just thank God for what he's doing in Tony's life. And we thank God also for Pastor Thomas. He just finished his ministry and he just wandered in here to say, uh, you know, to show his face. Thank you so much. But now is the time that we rejoice, having received so greatly from uh, the Lord our God and dined so sufficiently at his table. It's always a well-set table, isn't it? And we go away totally filled. Hallelujah. Totally satisfied. And by the grace of Almighty God, we shall convene again on the morrow. If you so desire. I'll be here if God says so, and um, <laughs> you'll see me for sure. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, or may the Lord God give you sleep through the night such that you are restored. Jump in the bed, Tony. Yes, Miss Anna. God bless you and your whole family. Love these kiddos. Thanks, Daniel, for coming. God bless you now. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night. Be blessed on purpose, everyone, so says Pastor John Thomas.